1: If
0: this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Do you have peace and love in your heart and Jack Daniels in your bloodstream? Well, I know I definitely do. And that's a question I like to walk up to people randomly and just say and walk away and just watch them scratch their heads. (laughs) should try doing that too. Hey, I'm really sorry for being MIA. I missed uh, being with you and talking with you. And uh, got some very big breaking news before we begin our show. You ready for this? I'm going to be a daddy. I am going to be a daddy of a human, human being. I cannot believe this. My wife told me, some time ago, and I cannot take a hint for the life of me. She walked in with their two dogs. They had a pink, and they had a blue pacifier around their neck. And she goes, look, they're trying to tell you something. I'm like, what, are they, what, what? So I wasn't getting a hint. And she gives me this jar. It's Prego sauce. She goes, look, look at what the jar says. It's this Prego. So I look at it, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. I can't believe you could buy this shit sauce. You know we don't prego. You know, we're an organic sauce family. So I didn't get the hint. Finally, she's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, well, why didn't you say something to begin with? So that's how we found out. And it's pretty wild. And I got to tell you something. I did a lot of shows. done a lot of shows well I was begging the comet to hit the earth. I was like, humanity I want humanity to be wiped off the planet. Now I guess I've got a backtrack because I don't want humanity to be wiped off the planet now. I, I kinda wanna live to see my son develop and grow and I don't know. I mean we did they did the sonogram so we got a chance to look at our kid in 3D and like he's already surpassed me in the lower abdominal area. Let's just say that. That's <laughs> why he's already surpassed his dad. I'm all excited and you know what my wife's doing right now she's putting these things on her stomach they're called belly buds and apparently she does this and she plays Mozart because she wants to do this so that hopefully the kid's brain will develop so I'm telling her I'm like come on we got to put some George Carlin and Bill Burr on there so I'm also doing a special broadcast of The Outer Limits of Inner Truth to my wife's womb so I don't know I'm all excited baby's coming in May and I'm and I heard that uh, when the, the babies are born, you get all this extra free time and, and they don't stress you out and you get to sleep in on Saturday. So it, it's just, I don't know, I'm really excited. But uh, <laughs> I'll probably be starting future shows out and asking you for advice. But um, I'm really blessed and very thankful about this. But our featured guest had an incredible experience where she had this great insight. She's going to teach us how to grow and evolve it's an honor to be back. Let us begin tonight's program. Welcoming to the program is Dr. Joyce Hawks. She's a fellow at the American Association for the Advancement of Science with a long-standing career as a research cell biologist and biophysicist. I can't believe I just said that last word without error. You without Dr. Hawks, by going to her website at celllevelhealing.com, Dr. Hawks, welcome to
1: our program. Thank you so much. I'm a delighted to be talking with you today from clear across the country we're in Seattle and we've actually got Sun here today Imagine Good for that. You. Seattle Imagine s- I'm in s- November
0: that's, that's pretty amazing I'm sure you had a, a part to do with it well also, I've discovered you because I was watching this special so William Shatner you had this experience where you're you're putting up a piece of glass or a window and it fell and it hits you on the head and because of it you had a near-death experience apparently you got done out of that near-death experience you came back with this amazing sensitivity and perception. Can you please explain what had happened and how that event transformed your life?
1: Well, what happened is I was uh, an atheist and didn't believe in any of this stuff. I'd never heard of near-death experiences. This was in 1976, uh, before they were talked about or really much known about them. And... um, you know, and so as I'm cleaning the blooded uh, glass window, which was this big decorative piece, framed in oak, very heavy, for no reason at all, fell off the mantle onto my head. And as I crumbled to the floor, all of a sudden my experience was being in a long dark tunnel drawn to this beautiful light at the end. And the sense of the light was more than just visual. It was uh, a feeling of belonging, of being known, loved, all that good stuff. So I'm amazed. I'm not afraid. I'm going fast down this tunnel in my perception. And at the end, just before the light uh, entrance, here's my mama and grandmother, um, both were dead and I, at that point, believed they were dust in the ground. And here they were, healthy, beautiful, welcoming me and, and sending their care and love to me. I was like, whoa.
0: <laughs> Dr. Hawks, when you are in this position, what is the comparable difference between the reality for what you experience now through the body? And the reality for what you're experiencing when you're in this tunnel, is it more real when you're there? Is it feel like a waking dream to you? How do you know that there's a comparable difference between both realities?
1: That's a really good question. Thank you. it It's almost like the same reality. They don't feel that different. And... Uh, the clarity of the reality in the tunnel and then in the place of the light where I went after that and then into this beautiful room full of light with a being of light and the sense of belonging and love. The emotions of the of being there are so inclusive and caring. That's a little different than everyday life in this plane, but the visual experience and the physical kinesthetic sensations uh were were really the same uh i hadn't thought of that before and that's a a great question
0: thank you and as a result of this experience as a result of the fact that you have experienced a different reality do you have some common fears that upon returning from this reality that immediately went away
1: I I wasn't somebody who walked with much fear actually. Um I was young when this happened, um young age, in my 30s. And I hadn't thought about death and you know, I I was sad and missed my mother because she had died when I was in my 25, about 25. But I didn't walk with much fear. I was a mountain climber. I've been on top of Mount Hood and summited Mount St. Helens before she blew up and Mount Adams and was a skier and on ski patrol and did some mountain rescue. So my life, including the lab and including my hobbies out in the big world, were ones of feeling comfortable and safe. And I had a sense when I was hiking of where directions were. We didn't have... uh, (laughs) GPS on hiking trails. And um, I always knew how to find my way back. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So the things that changed, though, was the awareness of the expansion of consciousness, that there's more than this table that I can pat, this phone that I'm talking on, more than what I see here. There is an expansion of consciousness that uh, is with us when we actually aren't in the body. If we pass out, uh, if we die, if we do a meditation and we go quote-unquote out of body, that expanded awareness is really a wonderful addition to the concept of what it's like to be here in a body on this earth, in this galaxy, in this teeny tiny part of an enormous universe. It's
0: really awesome and when if you were thinking about the expansionness of consciousness, the raised awareness of consciousness, did you find that as you became more aware of the expansion, as you embraced the expansion, that you had to, let's say, forget about who you are? Did you have to forget about who Joyce Hawks, the, the person, the soul, and the human body was? Or was this expansion of consciousness the ability to perceive more information through your human body. I'm just wondering if there's a comparable difference if you became more aware of the less um, grounded you were to your body and the more fact that you may become aware of the fact that you all, you were part of infinite consciousness.
1: You know, that's interesting. It's kind of all one. I still had a sense and awareness of, of moi, of who I am, Not necessarily so identified with the body, but also this expansion of way bigger than who I am. And so it's like a two step dance like, yeah, okay, we're here on the body and we got to put some water in it and some food and that kind of stuff. And gee whiz, it's cold. Maybe I ought to put a coat on. And the other step of at any moment, I could suddenly die and go to the other side. At any moment, I am in connection with the awareness, the love, the guidance of um, what's much bigger than this earth and this body.
0: Terrific. And after your near-death experience, my understanding is that you embarked on an exploration of indigenous healing traditions. You were looking to these traditions. here. And now you're teaching energy healing because I say, you, you know, I'm so glad that you're the one that had a near death experience, not me. Because if I had a near death experience, the first thing I'd do is it would be in, in a bar. I'd be like, well, listen, I haven't had that beer. I want to have this beer and this beer and this beer. And like, nope. You're all about like, putting the goodness out. So I think that the universe definitely picked the, the, the better of the two to, to have this
1: experience. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. So Actually, one of the things that came back with me was an incredible sensitivity to anything like beer or wine, so I may drink a, three sips in a year, but uh, oh I, I can't uh, sustain it. Um, water's good, yeah, works really well, and <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> coffee great. once in a while. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so when you look at these indigenous healing traditions, and we see these civilizations from years ago, and some people look at them and they say, well, they weren't advanced, they didn't have cell phones, and they didn't have stuff but I also, I feel like a lot of these civilizations were very advanced because they were one with nature. And I'm sure that the medicines that they had were probably a lot more efficient than the ones that we have now. Maybe they didn't have the the quick turnaround time of the chemicals in there. But from your perspective, what did you learn about your journey through the indigenous healing traditions? And are there any common practices that have remained throughout human history that we still use for today?
1: several things. One, I discovered my great-grandmother was actually Native American, wow. uh, born in Tennessee, came across the plains in a covered wagon, settled in uh, Idaho, right at the base of, at the beginning of the uh, Health Canyon uh, wilderness area. And I got a chance to visit that land uh, with my dad before he passed. And so there was... Um, a feeling of connection with her, and some had some visions of her. I have not studied directly with a Native American shaman. Um, I I do have a little bit of medicine from that uh, tradition, but the other um, communities, um, cultures that I studied uh, were overseas. I went to uh, the Philippines and way up in a little town called baguio in the mountains and worked with one healer there for four months and he was very gifted and what i found there and then the 10 years that i went back and forth to Bali and worked with one healer during that time in both of those cultures even though they were different religions in the philippines he was very catholic Um, the my um, teacher in Bali was uh, Hindu and uh, they weren't teaching religion it was the unfolding of their own gifts as healers but with their feet on the ground in those countries they had traditions that they knew and had come to them through many centuries of their cultures I also spent a m- month in South India and uh, experienced some similar things there. So what I discovered is underneath all the rituals, which are so beautiful, but also complicated and very culturally important, but culturally um, identified and, and kind of isolated, underneath all of that is the basis of love, of when you're called to help someone else, compassion that arises, not pity, not, oh, let me fix you, but a sense of compassion that um, allows an energy of blessing, of healing to flow from one person to another. And anyone can do that. We do that from time to time with, you know, our kids, our grandkids others. Um, this really underscored this is a way to walk in the world. I wish I could do that every single minute and never have a judgment about anybody or anything and working on it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not there yet.
0: <laughs> I don't see, I don't think that's necessarily a, a, a bad thing. I mean, the, the world's, you have some people who are, who are positive and negative and will drive you crazy. I mean, I, I, I have been told by so many people, I'm literally, I've been told by so many people that I was the person that was delivering the karma for what they did in the past lifetime. So I I accept accept, accept that (laughs) (laughs) role.
1: Okay, so I get to be nasty because it really is their karma. There you go. I'm I'm
0: trying to help them resolve it. But um, if you are treating people, and say, for example, you give a a stranger a cup of coffee and you you hold that coffee in your hand and you say, look, you know, I, I put love into this coffee. Is that going to have a greater magnification on the effect of that coffee on that person? even though it's not medicine? I mean, if you have, you're utilizing certain types of medicines, but you are putting a lot of love behind it, does that amplify the effects of those particular medicines?
1: It does seem to. You know, um, based on uh, Emoto's work with putting various positive messages into water, Um, he's got quite a bit of evidence of that. And in workshops, what I've done is bless water, put it in little cups and then have other cups of water that have not been blessed or in which love has been um, focused. And without people knowing which one they're drinking, we had them all, you know, uh, keyed so that people didn't know. The water that had been blessed tasted different. Now, whether it actually made them feel better and heal them and take their cancer away, I don't know. But it was almost a sense of sweetness in the flavor of the water. So I've done that a number of times, and yeah, there's something about the fluid that changes when that blessing reaches it. Now we know that our bodies are full of water. We're a very high percentage of water walking around inside the cells in our human body. And so if it's the blessing of healing that reaches that fluid and that helps ch- helps change the balance of energy and the and the health in the body I don't know there's no way to really get at <laughs> solid research on what 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 I know is the feedback from people that and from their doctors that their bodies heal with this work that's not 100% but it is amazing over these 36 years of um, being full time in a healing practice. This the is, the result that I've seen.
0: This is incredible, Dr. Holzke, and I'm going to let my wife listen to what you just said because when we first started dating, she came by and in my refrigerator, I had it was filled with water and speakers and it was playing all this music. She goes, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm trying to metaphysically charge the water." So this is like the first date. So. I had to like pretend I was a human being. I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just kidding around. Now I know I was onto something. So this is great. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I know to make a first impression. You've got this. Your book called Resonance: Nine Practices for Harmonious Health and Vitality, which came out in 2013. It's got a lot of positive reviews, and I can't wait to read this. Uh, what are some of those practices that a person can implement today that w- they would start to see an improvement on their the, the health of their body? The health of their mind and the health of their soul?
1: Well, number one is connecting with Source. However, any individual sees that, if they call that God, if they call it Jesus, if they call it Krishna, whatever they're drawn to, or Earth, the big tree outside, that um, the connection with Source is what clears us, what gives us safety and protection what informs us listening for that kind of you might call it intuition nudges not like if there's a voice or there's writing on the wall it doesn't have to be that intense but we tend in our culture to dismiss those more subtle nudges of of intuition and to identify those and know that you can rely on them Um, and listen for them. That's a very important piece. There's also a chapter in there on sensitivity and joy. I have many people who come for uh, work who say, I am so sensitive, this and that, and everything just bothers me so much. Can you take my sensitivity away? And what I've discovered, especially as mine has continued to increase with this work and this journey, is that it is a gift and learning to work with the gift so they're not overwhelmed and we're just like i have to crash i feel like i'm overwhelmed by what's going on in the earth and what's happening to my kids and that's my neighbor and blah 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 is that connection with source is truly the only protection i used to wear amulets and tried all these different prayers and mantras and They'd work for a while and then they quit, and people say, "Oh, you just need boundaries." Boundaries don't do it either. <clears throat> they help for a while, <clears throat> excuse me, but underneath, we all have quite a level of sensitivity, and that which reaches us um, in a both a, a mental form an emotional form, and truly an energetic form. Uh, stops us uh, burdens us it's very challenging like the buddha say let me take on the suffering of the world but the buddha didn't keep it he he let it go what we tend to do in our culture is "Oh, let me help you i'll take it on and oh well now i'm all bent over and i'm walking around with this person stuff and that person stuff yuck 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 so part of it is again connecting deeply with source appreciating one's own sensitivity, seeing that as joyful and allowing ourselves to be clear, uh, to be connected, and that's the thing that's being connected with does. it clears us, we get to be ourselves, in our own heart.
0: One of our uh, beloved uh, guests that we've had on before, she's a great friend, Nancy Dannison, told me several times, she told a listener she says, always say every day as often as you can, I am Source, I am Source when Nancy had her after death experience, she said that she had actually merged in with Source and she said that all conscious beings are all part of the same prime being, which is Source and I'm wondering because you said connect with Source, so what is the best way to do that? Do Do you say an affirmation? Do you Do you seek to do any type of meditation where you you try to force yourself to remember that you are source? And I guess the, the, the question is that, can you actually go too far? Can you go too far in the process of trying to connect with source and trying to remember source that you lose sight of the fact that you are a mentally created being within source for the purpose of having these experiences and that you could actually undercut and destroy your entire life's purpose By remembering that or by going too far becoming too enlightened
1: Mm, well that's not been my experience either for myself or with others that I've worked with of going too far um, being desirous of I got to be enlightened what am I going to do what am I going to do that puts a lot of stress in the way and that's not healthy to allow ourselves to keep expanding, if you will, and being blessed um, takes that kind of i got agara way. Um, in the meditations, I've used mantras, and, and I've used music, I've used a breath, and it is a feeling of getting down deep inside into the heart space and go, oh, wow, here I am with myself. And aware of being source, being part of all that is. One of the interesting scientific pieces of this is with the electron microscope, when you're studying cells, the cells of a fish look exactly like the cells of a human. They have basically the same things. There's certain cells that are different, uh, you know, there's gill cells in a fish that we don't have. But at the very basic level of what most of the cells are, they're the same throughout the animal kingdom. There's a nucleus. There's mitochondria, which have enzymes that produce all the energy we need. There's endoplasmic reticulum and little ribosomes, where information from the nucleus reaches through a molecule and where, oh, put nitrogen here, put oxygen there, put a hydrogen here, put another molecule there, and there comes um, a, a part of the muscle. Here comes actin. Here comes myosin. Here comes the next enzyme I need. Here comes the next hormone. The miracle of how our cells work is astonishing, And science continues to find new tools that show us the uh, truly miraculous nature of how this all works. And then the outside of the cell, the, the membrane of the cell, which communicates and has receptors and gets little molecules from all over the body. So if you're six feet tall, you've got about 100 trillion cells in you, and they're all actually in connection and communication with each other so that all of the cells of living beings are so similar in so many ways is another kind of underscore of the oneness that we are oneness with how we've been created with source and so remembering in our busy life of our culture that we are one and that we have access so that our brains aren't just working blah, 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 blah with all this other stuff, um, is, a, is a way to be. And people can take a deep breath. Oh, here I am deep inside myself with source. Um, here's a mantra, oh, ma, hum. There, um, yeah, oh, now I'm there. Here's a prayer. Um, May my mind be full of peace. Whatever it is. Everybody finds a different way, and for some of us, it's feet on the earth—that um, uh, earthing. Um, and
0: that's Doctor Sinatra. He's been—he talks yeah. about that all the time.
1: <laughs> he, he's <laughs> the, wonderful. I know him well. Oh, met good. he and his wife at uh, where we were teaching, and so um, truly um, very grateful for his wisdom, and also his uh, CoQ10 pills. They're oh, really good. They are
0: awesome, and he's—he's he's so passionate about. Dogs too, and he—I love the fact that he actually came up with treats just for dogs in order for them for to dog for the yeah. He's he's yeah. absolutely amazing because you have heightened sensitivity because you can look at the body in a way that most people can't, and you see how the body is functioning. If you look at most people today, and you look at some of the average activities, a lot of people are on their cell phones, a lot of people watching TV, a lot of people are exposed to. You know, undoubted amount of negativity that comes over the media. Some people have eating habits that can be improved upon. What do you see as three of the most commonly accepted behaviors in our society that actually are having the most catastrophic effects on the human body and the individual body?
1: Well, I look deeply um, at that level only with permission so my answer to that is what i see in the clients that come to my office who come for healing because they're ill or overwhelmed Um, and i i don't invade anybody else's space when i'm out and about but what i hear mostly here is the um overwhelm of Are we going to be at peace? Are we going to be at war? Uh, What's going on in our our world politically? What is going on in in my world toxicity-wise? What am I exposed to? And then, I've been healthy, I've eaten well, I don't smoke, I don't do this and that, and now I have cancer. What's going on? Why? And that question of why am I ill, I need to know what that's about before I can heal, is truly a block. Because sometimes we can go, oh, yeah, Lordy, I got exposed to lead when I was, or mercury years ago, well, okay, so we know the route. Or, um, you know, I had to go have stitches because this Axe dropped on me when I was chopping wood. Yeah, those are really clear. But there are a lot of things in our lives that uh, impact our bodies that are not clear. And so trying to find what did it, what did it, what, are, what did I do really stops us and blocks us from opening to may the mystery of healing flow through my body. May I receive that which is available right now in this moment to flow through my body to keep me in balance and harmony and i can do that as a as a little meditation just breathe in balance breathe out harmony breathe in balance breathe harmony and it isn't like oh here's 100 percent it's going to cure everything but it does help and it helps us be available for healing i also work with doctors and psychiatrists and um, hospitals and that sort of thing I believe this work is part of a team effort that we're graced in our lives right now with all kinds of methods and access to medical doctors. If I broke my leg, I wouldn't just sit there and pray over it. I would go get it, the thing set and fixed, go see a doctor, um, and if I needed data, There's many tests through the medical profession that are really helpful. Uh, There are times when acupuncture is just the right thing, when uh, deep massage is good, when some people rolfing is great. There are all sorts of methods now, and they're useful. And people find, oh, that one worked for me, the other one didn't. And then also I see people that come into the office that say, well, I haven't sought any help. You're the first one, but okay, well, let's see what level we can do. And then maybe there's somebody else that'll take it the next step. And there are times that people say, I've done everything. I've done this and then I get to put the frosting on the cake. And all of a sudden they say, oh, I'm well, Ooh, yeah, that's cool. So, awesome. so We show up for people in different ways and different stages. And if we can get over our, I have to be the one that heals the world and just go, may the people that I can help be the one that show up at whatever stage.
0: Uh, Dr. Hawks, I want to share something with you that uh, most people are not aware of. In addition to being put on earth to consume all of the Cheetos, and I mean every one of them, if you have a bag of Cheetos in your house, it'll, I'm coming for it because that's my purpose. That's why God put me on earth, for the Cheetos. I'm also here, I feel on a deeper level, I feel that um, I'm part of the the, the the body, the collective humanity. You know how we have our cells, you said, okay, each body has like 300 trillion cells within it. I believe that all human beings are part of comprising the collective human body. And what I want to do, Dr. Hawks, is I want to be part of the white blood cells that work with other white blood cells and we attack the virus that is in the consciousness of humanity right now I know some people think okay well humanity right now it's perfect the way it is it's wonderful It's exactly what it's supposed to be it's exactly the way things are and I I don't know I think that we could just do a lot better I feel that anytime you have a consciousness that is shifting towards restriction when you're already experiencing restriction within a body is contradictory to what we are here for, which is to, to experience, maybe this is uh, wrong in your eye, but I want to be part of the white blood cells that you know the, the works with other people to raise awareness and hopefully counterbalance the sickness or virus which was in the collective humanity. Do you see that at all? Do you see collective humanity as having some form of disease because of the disconnect that humanity has from the earth? because of the cruelty that humanity can have towards other people and the animals, being the fact that you just explained earlier that the same cells that comprise the fish, that comprise the animals, are comprised of human beings, so why would we not treat everyone equally? And the other question is, do you think that we have a major disconnect because we have, collectively speaking, humanity doesn't seem to really treat or take for granted how wonderful, amazing Earth is. I mean, we have such a beautiful, Um, atmosphere and a beautiful planet and I feel like people don't appreciate it. They're not going to appreciate it until it's not livable. So, I don't know, what are your thoughts?
1: Oh, I agree very much on that. that, uh, It's like, oh, goodness, can we just get over some of this stuff and walk the earth as you walk, quote, the other side with a sense of belonging, of love, of oneness, of carefulness with each other. And However you describe that, I like your idea of being white blood cells and and finding the viruses that give us hate, that give us restriction, that, that give us not being careful with our environment, with each other, and with the critters. My dog is right here laying on my foot as I'm talking. And uh, I have a big Samoyed, and I love this breed. And he is such... He's so loving and so kind, and he's taught me. Um, he's he's never snapped or bitten. He's the fourth Samoyed I've had in my lifetime, and not one of them has ever snapped or bitten. You could put a piece of steak in his mouth and reach in and <laughs> take it out. And he would go, I thought that was mine, but you can have it if you want it. <laughs> so, yeah, let us walk the world... Um,
0: with oneness, with love, with source. And the final question I have for you is, of all of the teachings that you've presented to the world over the years, what is the number one lesson that you want people to take away? If somebody were to, to be with you for 30 seconds, what is the one lesson you want people to learn from
1: you? Healing is available. Connect with source. Allow the blessing of the mystery of healing to flow through you. You can say, let anything not useful to me dissolve and flow away, and I embrace that which is my highest good.
0: Dr. Joyce Hawks, I want to thank you so <laughs> much for being with us today. Again, Dr. Hawks is author of the book, Resonance, Nine Practices for Hormonas, Health and Vitality, And you can learn more about Dr. Hawks by going to her website at celllevelhealing.com. When you go see Dr. Hawks, you can learn about her books, some videos that are posted. She's appearing at some events. She's got an amazing retreat coming up in 2020. And Dr. Hawks, it's a great pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I've enjoyed the conversation very much, and I truly appreciate this interview. Thank you.
0: Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth. Special thanks to our amazing guests, Ms. Hawks, and special thanks, as always, to our beloved virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Lisa Kaza, and Ms. Constance Dallas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.